If a friend asks how you're doing and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because if I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. Hi, and thanks for joining me today. I'm Cheryl Butler, and you're listening to the Mighty Mommy's Quick and Dirty Tips podcast, which will help make your life as a parent a little bit easier and a lot more fun. Welcome. Today's episode is number 526, What to Do If I Have a Favorite Child. Because, like it or not, this taboo topic is something most parents face, and how we deal with it is so very important. Last week, I received a phone message from an anonymous Mighty Mommy listener asking for input on a question that many parents struggle with. I'm really feeling quite guilty about this. I have two children, and I can honestly say that I like one more than the other. Help! Firstly, I'd like to thank my listener for bringing up this taboo parenting topic. Lots of parents actually feel this way, but we often hide our true feelings for fear of judgment. In my experience of raising eight kids, I learned quickly that no two children are the same, and the truth is that I don't always feel equally about each of them either. So today, Mighty Mommy tackles how to deal with having a favorite child so you won't be riddled with guilt for the rest of your parenting life. We'll start with this. Love and favoritism are not the same. I first became a mother through adoption, so I didn't have the physical challenges of delivering a baby and was able to enjoy her without dealing with a sore postpartum body. Although I did have the normal anxiety associated with adoption, I was finally a mother after a long struggle with infertility. So my focus was on enjoying my newborn, and the love I felt for her was like nothing else I'd ever experienced. One year later, I delivered my first son, and the experience was totally different. Truthfully, there was nothing enjoyable about it. The labor and delivery were rough. Breastfeeding was a nightmare. And my son didn't tolerate most of the formulas we tried. Oh, I'm honest in saying that I didn't enjoy this experience at all, like I did our daughter's adoption. But the love I felt for him was still pure and deep. In Psychology Today's article, Do Parents Have Favorite Children? Dr. Ellen Weber Libby discusses three principles regarding favoritism. Can children be treated equally? How do love and favoritism differ? Can who's the favorite change? Her take is that love and favoritism are not the same. Love connotes tender feelings and strong affection, usually accompanied by loyalty and devotion. In contrast, favoritism implies choosing or preferring one person over another. Parents may love all their children and, at certain times, prefer or favor one over others. I totally relate to this explanation because I have a deep love for all my kids, but the approach each one needs is as different and unique as they are. Dr. Libby also notes that although parents may love all their children, 
At certain times, they may favor one over the other, as in my example of adopting and giving birth. I totally enjoyed my adoption experience over my first delivery. Because of that, I found it easier to bond with my daughter at the beginning than I did my son. The example used in the article also refers to parents favoring one child over another, depending on the circumstances that the parent is faced with. The example was a parent having a tough day at work and favoring her child with the easygoing personality over the one who is a handful. Next, research does prove that parents do have favorites. In all honesty, for the 25 years I've been a mom, I know I've had plenty of moments where I do favor one kid over another. But in my parenting journey, it's never been a permanent status. For me, it's like a moving dial and changes based on what's going on in our life at that time. The other thing I can say with certainty, it's not a topic that my friends and I have ever discussed, probably because we feel guilty to even admit such a thing. So I think it's refreshing and interesting to explore some of the reasons why favoritism happens. The obvious reasons I've uncovered are the following. Birth order. Some parents prefer the oldest and or the youngest over the middle-born. Gender preference. Easier personality or compatible temperaments. And physical traits and or interests and talents that remind parents of themselves. Another interesting study shows that parents will favor the child that they feel will most likely take care of them when they're aging. In the essay, Real Reasons Moms Favor One Child Over Others, Nancy Josephine Lith shares research conducted at Purdue and Cornell Universities. The initial research revealed that factors such as emotional closeness, gender similarity, and compatible attitudes were strongly associated with which child the moms identified as the probable caregiver. This article cited information from the lead study author Jill Souter, a sociology professor at Purdue University. Favoritism matters because it impacts adult-sibling relationships, caregiving patterns, and outcomes for mothers. These mothers are saying that if I can't make my own decisions involving my life, then who can best make these decisions for me? Who thinks like I do? Interestingly enough, I've had countless people tell me, don't worry, so-and-so will be the one to take care of you when you're old. See, even outsiders have their favorites. Research from family sociologist Katherine Conger of the University of California showed that 70% of dads and 74% of moms reported preferential treatment toward one child. Her findings published in the Journal of Family Psychology also found that most siblings feel they are treated unfairly by their parents. Everyone feels their brother or sister is getting a better deal, Conger says. Regardless of how you look at it, both earlier and later-born kids are perceiving preferential treatment. When I think about those statistics, I can recall a good handful of moments when I overheard my own kids say, We know your mom's favorite anyway. Ouch! Talk about one more thorn in the side of sibling rivalry. Now, parenting experience can influence favorite child. Another theory that I came upon and can totally relate to is that the longer you've been a parent, the more you tend to favor the youngest of your children because now you've got more experience and are more relaxed about it. As I mentioned in previous episodes, 
three of my eight kids had significant speech delays during their early years. So because of that, I had to prioritize what was important and where I could best spend my energy. During those intense years of helping my children with speech delays, most of my attention went directly to them. Time was of the essence in getting them the early intervention that they needed, and a large part of that was my constant attention to their treatment plans. Years later, as they overcame many of their challenges, I was able to relax a bit more into parenting and start to focus on my kids who didn't have these delays. Playtime, reading and cuddling, and even simply enjoying the routine things such as going to the playground, walking through the mall, and even watching them play without having to constantly label everything we were doing like I did with my kids who had developmental delays was absolutely delightful. If anyone were to compare my parenting in these instances, it definitely looked like I favored the time I was spending with my non-delayed kids, and truthfully, I was. As we gain more parenting experience, our younger kids benefit. Now, in wrapping up, we need to keep a balance between our kids. Though there's an unacceptable stigma associated with favoring one child over another, research and an honest reality check shows us that, whether it's intentional or not, parents do play favorites. Once we're aware of this, what we need to focus on is what we can do to protect the relationship with the rest of our kids. In Psychology Today's article, When Parents Play Favorites, social psychologist Ilan Shira explains the consequences of parental favoritism. Disfavored children experience worse outcomes across the board, he says. More depression, greater aggressiveness, lower self-esteem, and poorer academic performance. These repercussions are far more extreme than any benefits the favored children get out of it. Negative things just have a stronger impact on people than positive things. And it's not all rosy for the favored children either. Their siblings often come to resent them, poisoning those relationships. Many of these consequences persist long after children have grown up and moved out of the house. People don't soon forget that they were disfavored by their parents. And many people report that being disfavored as a child continues to affect their self-esteem and their relationships in adulthood. Shara's reasoning makes sense. When it comes down to it, every child wants to feel like they're different, not clones of their siblings. The best parents can do is stay aware of any differential treatment they give and try to be as fair as possible. This is sage advice. However, it's easier said than done. Even I, a positive Pollyanna, sometimes get caught up in life's chaos and find it difficult to always play fair when it comes to making sure all my eight kids feel special. In Five Ways Parents Can Avoid Hidden Favoritism, parenting expert Allison Schaefer shares these tips that I love. One, never compare. Never compare one child to another. Your intention might be to motivate the other sibling, but it's demoralizing and translates to you loving one more than the other. Two, never act as a judge. Don't take sides when a child asks you whose artwork, athletic ability, hairstyle, etc. is better. If a child feels you prefer their sibling's work or characteristics, they'll feel as though they are less. Three, never set them up to compete. Don't make a race out of, let's see who can get ready for school the fastest, as the loser of the race will feel inferior to the winning sibling. Four, never expect one child to set an example. 
Having the older sibling called out to be the role model for the youngsters can feel like a curse. Mighty Mommy knows this as the oldest of five siblings. Not only is this pressure for the older sibling, it sends a message that the younger kids are preferred, since the oldest is expected to uphold high standards for the rest of the family. And five, never take sides in a fight. When you step into referee, the child who portrays the role of the victim will often have the favorable outcome. If it's not a situation where danger is involved and someone might be harmed, remember that it takes two to tango, so let your kids come up with a solution on their own. Do you play favorites? How do you navigate these murky waters in your family? Please share your thoughts in the comments section at quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy or you can post your ideas on the Mighty Mommy Facebook page. And you can also email me at mommy at quickanddirtytips.com. If you have friends and family that would enjoy listening as well, I'd love it if you'd share the link to this podcast and refer them to the website, www.quickanddirtytips.com slash mighty-mommy. Enjoy spending time with your whole family this week. As always, thanks so much for listening, and until next time, happy parenting. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call. Text or chat 988 for free confidential support anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel.